What is up, guys? This is Stan R. Mitchell, and this is the Friday edition of the View from the Front. It's uh, July 22nd, 2022. Hope everyone's had a great week and uh, got a ton of stuff to discuss. But one thing I wanted to knock out real quick is I wanted to briefly discuss the response to the last podcast, which uh, totally blew me away. We had several new free subscriptions. We had a new paid subscriber. Thank you for that. And we had quite a few shares, which obviously helps us get the word out to others. Uh, for those who don't know what we're doing here yet. Um, so thank you to everyone. That totally blew me away. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, moving along, if this is the first time you've uh, listened to us, here's what we're doing. Every Tuesday and Friday, uh, I discuss conflicts and military matters that are happening throughout the world while also sharing some motivation and wisdom at the end because who doesn't need a couple of doses of those? Uh, the Tuesday posts are available to everyone, but they're delayed a day unless you're a paid subscriber. and my thoughts on that is that way it encourages some folks to support if they can. Uh, it's $5 a month. That helps sustain this and actually improve it. Um, the more you know that I can put into this, the better the uh, episodes will be. Uh, as I've said before, I do work a full-time job and got a family. So squeezing this in is a little bit of a time constraint. And I got big, big plans, big dreams. And uh, so those who can't support, thanks a million for that. If you can't, no big deal. Um, the Tuesday ones are just delayed by one day. So sign up for free. Keep sharing it. I really, really appreciate everyone. Uh, the support and the emails I keep getting, all of them are awesome. So thank you all a million times over. There are a lot of things to discuss today. Um, in big news, uh, the United States has announced that it's sending four more of the HIMARS multiple launch rocket systems to Ukraine. Uh, those that we've discussed before, but they're absolutely just wrecking the uh, Russian supply depots, some of the command posts. Uh, they shoot much further than conventional artillery, and um, we've sent 12 to date, and we're going to send four more, so that'll put up to 16, and um, not sure if the Ukrainians have lost any. I haven't seen any video evidence of that on Twitter, and you know, I'll know I live there, but I also don't think they'd be publicizing that. They're mostly firing them uh, at night to keep them from being seen from drones, and um, they're, they're firing moves, so they move to location, they fire. Uh, most of the rockets are GPS uh, aimed, so the rockets know where they're going, and the vehicle can, you know, lower its uh, firing device in the back, which I'm not sure what it's called, probably a ramp or something. But I'm not an artillery guy. But they lower that, and then they can move away. And I'm not even sure the Russians really have anything that could hit them, but they definitely don't want to stay anywhere too far. And um, so I'm sure they push in a bit, fired as deep as possible. The Russians keep trying to move back their command posts and their ammunition supply depots. And uh, so it's kind of a cat and mouse game. But yeah, we're sending four more of those. So that's huge news for Ukraine and definitely something that I'm celebrating. While we're on the uh, subject of HIMARS, uh, multiple rocket launch systems, um, that leads us to the next topic I wanted to discuss, which is that Ukraine is getting closer to launching an offensive in uh, Kherson. Uh, spelled K-H-E-R-S-O-N. I always thought it was Kherson, which is kind of, I guess, the southern way of, uh, southern American way of saying it, but it's actually Kherson. Um, but the Economist had a story about a week back that described Kherson as the gateway to Crimea, which, as you recall, is the peninsula that Russia formally seized in 2014. Uh, Crimea is hugely important. It's got a large naval base. Um, it plays a huge role in controlling the, the sea around Ukraine. But uh, Kherson is the only regional capital that Russia uh, achieved success in conquering 
since the most recent invasion, and The Economist states that not only is it the gateway to Crimea, it's also a, quote, agricultural powerhouse, uh, end quote, and that Ukraine is prior prioritizing its efforts to retake it, whereas obviously in the east, the Russians have been pushing back the uh, Ukrainians, you know, inch by inch, basically. But uh, the Ukrainians seem to be focused on potentially retaking the uh, southern part, Kherson, and then potentially, hopefully long-term, Crimea. But back to the HIMARS multiple launch rocket systems, uh, Ukraine has actually been using these in the southern part of Ukraine to hit. There are uh, two bridges behind Kherson, and I've got a video linked. Um, so there's only two ways out of Kherson. Ukrainian forces have advanced toward the edges of it, and they're preparing a major offensive. But So they've been hitting these two bridges with the HIMARS rocket systems, which I'm not even sure are technically... Um, suited to hit bridges. They probably weren't designed for that, but you can see in the video that I shared, it actually is punching holes through the bridge. Um, so there's like these perfectly round holes that are getting knocked through it. And so there's two bridges already. One of the bridges, which you can see the video too, is down to uh, one lane. And as, uh, as you probably know, if you follow much on Twitter, that the Russians have nothing that can intercept the high Mars rockets in the air. So none of their anti-air missiles seem to be able to hit them. So on that point, Dr. Mike Martin, who's an analyst and an author, uh, he's always got great stuff about Ukraine and the um, fighting that's happening there. And I'm linking to two of those in the uh, podcast below and it's the details of it. But uh, in one of them, of the two that I'm linking, he says, you know, the Ukrainians have started hitting the bridges over the river. Uh, and I have no idea to correctly pronounce it, but it's D-N-I-P-R-O. So Dnipro that connect Kherson to the other side of the river. In other words, the bridges to the Russians' forces rear. And he says there are only two of them, and they haven't destroyed them yet. They've just cratered them, making them unsuitable for heavy logistics. But if I were a Russian soldier in Kherson, I would be pretty scared right now. And he goes into a little bit about the mentality of how when, you know, when you're fighting, uh, a lot of war is emotional. It's, um, you know, you're scared at night, you're worried about what's happening, you're worried about your safety, clearly. And so, you know, the idea is that there are likely many Russians in Kherson right now that are probably quite aware that um, they're increasingly being encircled and their uh, command posts are being hit in the rear, their ammunition dumps are being hit as well, and their ability to retreat, should that be necessary, which it probably will be, is not gonna. It's not gonna be a pretty picture for them, and so that kind of fear often spreads through an army, and um, so that's probably already starting to happen in Kherson. And I wanted to go into one other thing on that. The Kiev Independent, which is a publication in Ukraine, wrote a great uh, article about the coming attack, and that article's free, and I've got it linked in the uh, episode. But uh, one of the things in the article, um, a lot of it's some of the same stuff you'll read in The Economist or in the thread by Dr. Mike Martin. But one of the things is that uh, it mentions that the Russians are holding a number of defensive positions, primarily at road junctions, small towns, etc. And the advantage the Ukrainians will have is that they can use what we used to call in the Marine Corps maneuver warfare. So thus the Ukrainians can pin down certain positions with fires, but then mass larger forces to overpower individual blocking positions that the Russians may have. And with luck, you know, these attacks will lead to a spreading of fear running through the Russian forces already. And it's likely going to, at some point, cause them to break their will 
and it's probably going to make them want to retreat, if not all-out flee. So that's obviously what the Ukrainians are wanting to do. Most of the articles I've read about the coming offensive say something like maybe a week to 10 days. Um, some have said a little further out. Obviously, the Ukrainians will want to keep some level of surprise, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, some folks have kind of laughed on Twitter or joked on Twitter that uh, um, Russia or Putin will probably pretty soon be saying that he's going to give Kherson back to Ukraine as a, quote, goodwill gesture, which he said that before when his forces have lost. He claims he's giving something back when, in reality, his military is getting, you know, smashed. While we're on the subject of uh, Ukraine, let's talk about three more quick things. Uh, first, the U.S. is actually starting to hint again about potentially arming Ukraine with fighter jets, which would be possibly European models. Um, so huge shout out to uh, Joshua Hughes, who first alerted me to this. Uh, but uh, And then shortly after, he put it, pointed out an article from Defense One. The uh, Washington Post also reported on it. So the idea, as y'all remember a few months ago, this was initially discussed and was initially, uh, or after some discussion was, um, shot down. Initially, they were going to send some planes over from Poland. We would reinforce Poland with F-16s. That was pretty controversial, and eventually that got shot down. The main reason was that there was a fear of antagonizing the Russians too much, but, you know, in the months since then, I think to a large degree, seeing the weakness of the Russians, I think in some ways uh, the West and America has been a little bit braver. And so initially they sent the high Mars rocket systems and we sent just a few and then we sent a few more and now we're sending a few more. And now we're starting to talk about jets again. The uh, initial comments were spurred from a, uh, a uh, comment that the U.S. Air Force Chief of Staff, General Brown, said. And he discussed this just a little bit. And then on that same day, um, Basically, his superior, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, he stated that he wanted to emphasize that no decisions have been made. But there's definitely conversations happening, so this is something that could, could potentially happen. And um, the U.S. Uh, House, the House of Representatives, they've already voted to appropriate money toward potentially doing this. So, you know, thankfully, support for the war in Ukraine is still a bipartisan issue. It's pretty popular with the American people, and so I think that there's a chance some of this could happen, actually. The second thing I wanted to mention was, uh, you all probably remember that for weeks, it was actually several months, but definitely for several weeks we covered in the uh, newsletter the uh, the steel plant, uh, Azov Stahl steel plant in Mariupol, um, how it was holding out against the uh, Russian um fighters and you you remember it was under siege and everyone was hoping for ways to rescue them and they held out for months uh under unbelievable attacks and um eventually surrendered um well a little bit of good news on that for those who remember some of the things i wrote toward the end um a huge concern i had and probably still have to some degree was that uh, russia was going to try some of these defenders and um we know what russia has done to uh, uh prisoners who have been, um, you know, taken um, hostage. They've been tried. They've been tortured. Um, and so I was really worried about those who would defend or who would surrender. And um, while it's a tough situation, I'm, I know in my mind, I don't, I'd like to think I would have probably never surrendered, but it looks like I was perhaps wrong. Um, every now and then on Twitter, you'll see 
a video of uh, some released uh, fighters who had been part of that uh, siege. And there's one I've got linked to with uh, a fighter from the steel plant who gets reunited. Um, it's from a journalist of the Kiev Independent, so I'm pretty sure it's all verified. And I've seen, this wasn't the first one I've seen. Every now and then I'll see one, but it seems like that the Ukrainians and definitely the Russians are keeping this quiet on how many are being released or traded. Um, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, doesn't want to talk about it much. Uh, neither does Putin, I think. Um, so it seems like some kind of exchanges are happening, and I haven't heard much about any of the trials. So who knows exactly what's happening? I'm sure some of them aren't being treated well. I'm sure, unfortunately, probably some of the leaders may still um, be court-martialed. Maybe they'll be used as leverage to get back some of the Russian soldiers who are being um, potentially, some have already been tried, but potentially charged and tried for war crimes. I'm not real sure how all of that's going to work out, but at least um, there's some happy endings in that. Every now and then you'll see a video of one of them released, and I've got one in the newsletter today. The third and final thing that I wanted to discuss about Ukraine was um, a report was in the Washington Post about a week or so back, but it was pretty much in every major media outlet. And that is that, um, you know, it's now estimated that Russia deported between 900,000 to 1.6 million Ukrainian citizens from Russian uh, occupied regions um, back to Russia. So, I mean, they literally took civilians, put them on trains, and transported them away from their homes to Russia. I mean, this is beyond horrific. And so I've clearly had an anti-Russian slant to the newsletter from the beginning, but I don't know how anyone who looks at it fairly could not have this slant. Um, Russia has invaded Ukraine three times. Their soldiers have raped and murdered people. Um, so they've invaded Ukraine three times since 2014. Russia's been aggressive toward other neighbors like Georgia, Chechnya. Uh, there are probably others if I spent two minutes researching it. And so, you know, this was an unprovoked war. It was completely unnecessary. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's literally a, to me, a, a war between, you know, people who want freedom and people who want to oppress and um, control others. So it's it's been clear-cut to me from the beginning. Um, I think it's clear-cut to most Americans. Um, they've seen these horrors. They've seen the, you know, the targeting of everything from apartment buildings to other civilian structures, even buildings that had, you know, kids in them. It's horrific. And um, so, you know, I, I've never really come out and defended or said why I'm the the angle I take on things, it's kind of, to me, been obvious. But if you needed any more, you know, evidence of why Russia is in the wrong, I don't know how anyone can defend putting a million to a million and a half plus people on trains and, and transporting them away. I mean, this is like World War II level, just savagery, bar barbarism. It's, it's horrific just splitting up these families, doing what they're doing. So, yeah, I'm definitely anti-Russian. It probably goes back to Cold War, but, um, you know, we, we tried 
through multiple administrations to show some um, friendliness toward Russia. And time after time, uh, specifically Putin for sure, uh, Medvedev before him, and he was kind of controlled by Putin. But we've been slapped, and um, you know, our our hand for or to reach out has been continually knocked away. They have absolutely no interest in um, being a part of the free world, and it seems clear with about a hundred different data points. So, at any rate, that's kind of uh, my little rant on that before we move to another topic. Moving from um, Ukraine to the Middle East, um, Putin recently flew there. He met in, in Iran with Iran's supreme leader, the Ayatollah uh, uh, Khamenei, which I'm terrible at pronouncing that name. But the main thing I wanted to share with that is that uh, Khamenei said that the West and NATO was dangerous and that if Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine, then Ukraine and NATO would have invaded Russia. So he obviously shared the same talking point that Putin's been peddling. Uh, it's crazy, but um, despite the fact that NATO is a defensive organization, um, they still think that NATO was planning to invade Russia. But So I wanted to point that out. One other quick thing on that, and this one's kind of a funny one, but the Turkish leader, uh, Erdogan, he embarrassed Putin while he was there. Um, I've got a video up, but he basically um, made Putin look like a weak little man. Um, he, in the video, you'll see Putin walks out waiting for Erdogan to walk out with him, and Putin has to stand there by himself for almost a complete one minute, and all the cameras are zoomed in on his face. Um, there's been lots of talk about his health, um, but it's a good, interesting look at does he look healthy to you? Does He looks like a small man, and um, it's probably only the second thing that uh, Erdogan has done in the past few years that I appreciate, which the other one being... Uh, sending drones to Ukraine, but it was kind of funny to see Erdogan um, embarrass Putin. And if you want to see the video, it's on uh, in the episode notes below. And with that, I've got to cut this episode short. I had several other items I wanted to get recorded, but uh, actually my family and I are flying to Florida for a wedding, and so I didn't get a chance to record them. I'll put them in on Tuesday, so we'll end with some quick uh, motivation and wisdom. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. Here's those final items. The first one is a quote from a philosopher named Rumi. I'm not real sure who that is. I didn't get a chance to research him, but the quote is, life is a balance between holding on and letting go. And I should say, I've got all these tweets uh, linked in the episode notes. If you want this stuff on a more daily basis, definitely follow all these different uh, folks. It's great stuff. Um, Success Minded tweeted, this week start affirming to yourself, the future has wonderful things in store for me. Obviously, that's a good one. Keep a positive attitude. Um, there was a quote from Will Smith, that motivational quote shared, which says, too many, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. That was by Will Smith. That was excellent. Um, Success Minded tweeted, never ever forget who helped you while everyone else was making excuses. Uh, I've got one from Life Quotes. Um, it says, uh, this is from Oprah Winfrey. Be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Um, another one from Success Minded. Knowledge is not power. Execution of knowledge is power. That was a great one. Inspirational Quotes put out one that said, uh, Don't miss out on something that could be great just because it could also be difficult. Another good one. Uh, motivational Quotes. I saw one that said, uh, A winner is a dreamer who never gives up. 
And then just a couple here more here. Uh, one from Success Minded. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. That was another great one. And then we'll end with uh, this one from Motivational Quotes. So, uh, without patience, you will never hold the key to open the door to success. So, we should all be patient. We should all dream. We should all work hard. Those are just my words, but they're pretty obvious. So that's it for this edition. As a reminder, please be kind. Try your best to love your fellow Americans. We need to pull this country together, and that starts with all of us. And if you love what you're reading, throw a couple bucks in the hat by subscribing below. Uh, I've got a button to do that on the episode notes. And obviously, don't forget to check out my books and share this to others if you uh, enjoyed it. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you guys on Tuesday for those who are signed up. Um, to pay and those who aren't you'll get it on free on Wednesday uh, that's it from here thanks so much guys